0: Padres come out and play. <laughs>
1: the air. I am your host. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at omfgatav. Once again, that is O-M-F-G. It's J-A-V. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at the Deep Fire Podcast, where we are interacting with you on a regular basis. Show some love and we will definitely show you some love back. Visit our website, buy some gear. We have direct links to all of your listening platforms. On top of direct links to all of our social media accounts. Now, we have a very special show for you today because we have a very special guest. He is a pro ball player, actor, writer, director, producer, creator. He is here to talk about his latest project, the On Deck TV series. We have Alex Bentley. In the house, how you doing, Alex?
2: Living the dream, baby. Thanks for having
1: me. Yeah, man. So when you sent over the teaser for the On Deck series and I saw it, I got really excited. It is an awesome concept, and I'm gonna tell you why I got so excited. Uh, when I started this podcast, I didn't just start this podcast because I was a Padre fan. I am a fan of baseball in general, and I know that there's a community and a culture already in place. And so what I wanted to do is I just wanted to enrich the culture the best way that I can and have a platform where I can just talk about what I love. And you're doing the same thing with the show. It is for the core audience, the core baseball audience, but there's a storyline in place as well. From what I've gathered, we're going to get into all the nitty gritty details and it is going to be a fun conversation. But before we get into any of that, I just want to give the community, the Deep Fire community, a sense of who you are and really what led us to this very moment right now, having this conversation and get to know you. So you grew up in the life of baseball. Is that right?
2: Yeah, man, for the most part, a life of baseball and a life chasing baseball. So I was fortunate enough to be born in America's finest city. You know, I was born in 93, grew up a Padre fan, die hard, you know, the 98 team, the 04 through 06 teams, the heartbreak 07 team. And when I was about 11 years old, my, uh, my mother found God and returned to the Holy Land and took me back to Israel with her. So that's where the Team Israel connection was born. But you know, when we went over there, she was so orthodox, we didn't have internet. So this is where my passion for the game and for the Padres was amplified times a million was we found out just how much I loved this and couldn't live without it and without Padres
1: baseball, man. I mean,
2: and I did because I was in the Middle East, I didn't get to watch games, I didn't even get to do game day. So just to give you an idea, like, I would sneak into a building once a week that had internet, and I would check the box scores for the games of those weeks. And what I would do is to not spoil it for myself and give myself some sense of seeing what happened is I would take a piece of paper and cover the browser, uh, the screen, so I could only see the first inning of the box score. And then I would slowly go by half inning by half inning. So I could see zero first, zero bottom first, zero top two. Oh, we got one bottom two. And it was the most pathetic way to ever watch baseball. And when I got back to living in the States um, at age 17, around 2010, 2009-ish, um, there was like MLB app and game day. And then we realized, dude, this kid loves baseball. I would sit next to a radio for three hours as a five-year-old listen to Jerry Coleman and Ted Leitner. So no matter what part of the world I've lived in, there's always been that kind of one bit of escapism that I've been able to keep no matter how hard things got in life. And that was not just baseball, but Padres baseball. And And we've always sucked. You know, like I, I was five when we went to the World Series. And since then... The only truly legit teams we've had were o seven and two thousand ten, and we managed to losing uh losing streak our way into blowing both playoff spots both times and I remember them like yesterday I was a kid, I cried, you know like we care about this stuff it's ingrained in our veins it's it's part of our culture, it's part of our life the The one consistent escapism I've had for no matter what's not going right in life is to just well, I haven't even actually always had the escapism when we were in Israel, there wasn't that escapism so When I lost the one thing that I could go to to escape what wasn't working in life, that's when I realized, man, I love this. It's not just escapism. I love this shit. I love the Friar. I love Mission Valley. I love downtown. There's something about your – I don't understand how bandwagons work, bro. I don't understand them. I've been a Padre – My the Padre's overall record in my lifetime is like a 1,000 games under 500. You know what I mean? Being a fan of this team is not always fun and easy.
1: It's funny listening to you talk about the Padres and the disappointment that we've had to endure year after year after year reminds me of that one movie with Jimmy Fallon, um, Fever Pitch, with that little kid and that quote. So he tells them, you know, you love, the, you love the Red Sox, but have they ever loved you back? And I thought that was so true. Actually, during quarantine. We didn't have any baseball content to talk about, so I did an episode with my top five favorite baseball movies, and that was it. Not necessarily because it's about baseball per se, it, it, but I think it really holds true from what a fan feels and, and the attachment they have to these teams.
2: The kiddies right? coaching in the dugout. What have they ever done for you? Profound moment for any sports fan on yes. the uh, on the pitch deck for On Deck. The main comparable right there in the middle is Fever Pitch, and I always reference that one. Uh, for authenticity's sake about being true to the game, but I'll get into that more later
1: dude that's awesome I'm glad we're we're on the we're on the same page there we're in sync so let's see. Tell me how does a kid from San Diego end up representing Israel on its national baseball team? How does that happen?
2: Man, how did a random kid from San Diego end up representing team Israel? uh it's crazy how they've evolved man little league world series olympics world baseball classic qualifier it's, it's unreal um my mother's from israel so i grew up speaking english spanish and hebrew in our household fluently and by age 10 i had already spent you know a quarter of my life in israel and when she moved over there um as far as the language and the culture it, it wasn't a very difficult transition you know I, I grew up with that culture despite it being across the world It was not having my father anymore, and not having baseball anymore, that really screwed me up. So this town that she took me to happened to have a lot of Americans in there, so it was a a easier transition than some people go to when the refugees or immigrants. But there was this shitty little baseball field at the front of that town that was just atrocious. The the, kids in America don't understand what a bad hop even means. (laughs) I'm telling you, the, the these kids in America and all these very you know blessed white boys compared to most people most of the world and i'm half white half middle eastern so i get to play the convenience card <laughs> <laughs> whenever it works but man playing over there was not fun you get to it was great because it was all you had but you played once a week a few months a year most of the teams would flake every other game because they couldn't get enough guys i mean there was an all-star game in 2007 of oh, 2007 keeps coming back up and <clears throat> they called and said um you're one of the only two players who's available to go tomorrow from the east side of the country's all-star team. Or maybe it was the south. I don't remember exactly how it worked there. And, uh, it was the south, actually. And uh, they said, there's no game unless you can come up with nine guys. So I just started calling every American person that I knew had a baseball glove in Israel at the time, and we showed up with eight, and we beat them six to one. But <laughs> And I hit two bombs that game. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah um yeah it's crazy I can't imagine competition being too crazy at the time right
2: no question for a 13 to 15 year old group when I was a pretty big 14 year old I put I think I put out 17 home or 14 home runs in 17 games so in the fields you know one field's a soccer field and the left field fence is 400 feet away and one field the left field fence is 192 feet away and you check swing a home run you know it's happened but uh, but you know what? I can say I played baseball in the Middle East. How many people have said that? You know, absolutely. I got paid to play baseball in Europe and Mexico. I don't know too many guys. I, I've got <clears> friends <throat> on my high school team and both college teams I was on that are flat out better ballers than I am.
1: Well, you know what? You're talking to somebody who owns three home runs on their career, man.
2: My father played up until high school, and I think he had three home runs on his whole life. And it's funny; the less you have, the more you remember them. I have about twenty eight, twenty nine on my life. Man, what a four girl! But hey, brother, to give you a good one sentence answer. <clears throat> um, the way a San Diego boy ended up on the Israel team is still as confusing to me as the person who lived it than to you, the one asking it. Uh, my mother's from Israel. She was born there. I was born here. At some point, she found God and went home, took me with her. And uh, just by default of being one of the only few hundred kids that could even play baseball in the country, um, I was you know, top five and it was a lock for that team. And that, that was a relationship that lasted years and brought many amazing people and blessings into my life. You know, I got to play against kids from Australia and and Curaçao and and all these amazing, amazing, amazing places. So I definitely didn't get to go the traditional route as most kids. High school, perfect game showcase, college scholarship, D1 campus life, draft. Like my route could not have been more different. And, you know, you see these film posters behind me. I've always known I'm going to do baseball and movies. I've always known that. So I actually uh, turned down a scholarship when I got back from uh, playing for Team Israel and I did high school and college ball here and I decided to do college in San Diego at a film school that uh, Padres announcer Mark Grant actually hooked me up with. He introduced me to Craig Chatfield, who was a uh, replay editor, who was a teacher at San Diego City College, a very kind guy who helped me out a lot, and John Zapola, a Padres cameraman. You know, funny story, I almost quit playing college ball to become a Padres cameraman. They make pretty good money and they only work the home games, so they're free over 200 days a year.
1: Yeah, man, you said a lot of things, a lot of beautiful things that I want to react to. And, but really the biggest one is for me, the, what I got, what you just said is, uh, baseball is the probably the world's biggest unifier, right? At least for me, baseball has been the biggest unifier in my life. The relationships, the friendships I've made, um, have been long lasting, lifetime lasting. And I think about the conversations and all that. And, um, down to this podcast, right? Uh, baseball is a very – as big as baseball is, it is a very small community. When I started this podcast uh, back in February, it I didn't know where it was going to go. But lo and behold, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm chatting with you. Got to get to meet different people. And I think that's one of the greatest things about our sport, our community. There's a subculture within baseball. And and you really don't understand it until you're part of it. And, and I think that's something unique and, and it's amazing and something that we can definitely call our own. Um, you know, it's funny when I think about baseball and the conversations that people are having about baseball is that baseball is in a decline. I hear that repeat repeatedly. Baseball is in a decline. It's in a decline. But in reality, I think baseball is going through a little bit more of a renaissance of sorts, right? Getting, you know, out with the old in with the new, um, you know, your Tatises, your Ronald Acuna, these guys are going to lead the way. I think we're one or two years away before these guys really take the world by storm. You know, I think about Sammy Sosa and McGuire and what they did for baseball at that time. I think that's going to happen. And I think we're priming ourselves to have something that big happen to our sport.
2: I have to address what you just said because exactly why I'm wearing a Barry Bonds jersey right now. To treat those guys like villains after what they did for the game and for the sport. You either ban them before you enjoy all the benefits of what they're doing or you don't ban them and punish them. I have the same argument for Pete Rose. The man has more hits than any human on Earth, even Ichiro. And you're going to ban this man for betting on his own team to win? It's not like he bet on them to lose and then played the five worst players in the top of the lineup.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up, because it's a topic I definitely wanted to touch with you, is where do you stand with these guys?
2: It's a topic we touch in the show, too, just so you know. Barry, Pete, that whole argument the lack of punishment on the Astros, all of it. And in our show, there's going to be a little bit of a fictional ending that uh, gives the people the justice that they didn't get in real life. So,
1: Hell yes. You just got every single listener excited even more about this show. So I've read a couple of different things. I've read that it's going to be a miniseries. I read that it's going to have multiple seasons. What is it going to be at this point? Um, Do you see a definite ending to the show or is it going to be prolonged? What do you got?
2: Um, When I created On Deck, the game plan was to have a six episode, 10 minutes per episode series on Instagram, on IGTV. And instead of doing a traditional 60 minute pilot that you then pitch the networks, I said, I don't think the networks understand how hungry this baseball culture and audience is for authentic, true to the game stories about baseball or revolving around the game and what comes with it and what comes with pursuing being one of the best at it. So instead of just creating a regular pitch or uh, sorry, instead of just creating a regular pilot. To show the networks we decided we want to show them how well this resonates with that baseball crowd these people are so hungry for this authentic true to the game storytelling so we decided to take the short form content kind of like one of these streaming services like quibi and make 10 minute episodes so the game plan was to take this whole first season and pack it all into six 10 minute episodes and really give these characters and the storyline and the cameos like tatis and scott boris and harold reynolds and jenny finch and, and give them substance and and have it all tie in together strongly about something which we were able to do. And then it started gaining so much momentum. Now it's actually become a three to four season. Let's pitch this to the network. We've had a few meetings with several streaming services and networks now at this point, And, um, we've gotten some amazing feedback. We're hoping to get an offer. Um, Netflix is next. If they, the, the one we're waiting for now says no. And, um, it's starting to look like the baseball version of Ballers, bro. But at first, this was just supposed to be 60 minutes worth of free, premium-ass baseball content for Instagram. And I was going to get cameos. And, and, and we did. We, we did it all. We did everything we wanted to do. And that's what led it to the point of people saying, I'm a producer. We need to take this to here. Um, you need to pitch this here. I know someone at this streaming service. I can get you a meeting. Then Jerry Hairston Jr. and I, one of my five favorite Padres ever um, yeah. on Instagram, he said he's got a plug at a network uh, and we took it to them. That's uh, who we're waiting to hear back from. So, so it's been a fun ride, man. You know, I'm, I'm in film and television. I'm an actor and I'm a producer. Right. So to get to have a baseball project that helps me navigate the world that I'm going to be in for the next 50, 60 years is just another blessing from baseball. You know, and a lot of hard work and creativity went into it and a year plus of sacrifices and time and dedication and Finding mentors and people to critique and build it, and now I got a, a pretty amazing team behind us, and we're almost there.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's incredible. Honestly, one of the things I wanted to actually talk about was these cameos. You've teased out that Fernando that is going to be in the first couple episodes, I believe. So, I, w- I want to know, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did Fernando sign on, and then you wrote a role? into the script because you had to? Or did you write the script and then pitch it to him and hope that he signed on? Like how did that go down?
2: So I as a Padre fan had the benefit of watching this dude's whole rookie season. And if he stays healthy, even with Alonzo hitting fifty three bombs, Tatis was gonna be rookie of the year. <clears throat> so one
1: hundred percent agree.
2: Maybe I'm a little biased, but I just felt like Alonzo Alonso smash. Tatis is five tool player. So just, I don't know. I'm, I'm biased, bro. I thought Tatis was rookie of the year for sure. But even if he wasn't, yeah. if he wasn't actually. When I saw this man at 17, 18, I'm like, man, this dude's going to be a stud, obviously, like everyone else. But when he came on the scene last year, it was the energy um, that that drew me to him. So we actually wrote this into the show. Um, we didn't have the scene in You know, we didn't know exactly what the scene was going to be. Now he's actually in three episodes. Um, But, yeah, we just showed him the pitch deck. Uh, I was trying to find someone that could get me in touch with him. I just didn't want to be some random on Instagram uh, reaching out. But that's actually what it ended up being. Several people um, weren't able to get us in touch. So I just shot him a message, explained the project, explained uh, what I had in mind, the vision for it, the vision I had for his role. I sent him a picture of the whole page that we had for his cameo. Uh, I told him, hey, I don't know if you've seen the show Ballers with The Rock, but it's kind of like that where players make cameos and uh, we're trying to expand the entertainment culture side of baseball. What do you think? Then I got that DM back a week later. I'm listening. Ooh! (laughs) We we went back and forth a little bit, and um, the timing worked out. The schedule worked out, and we came through to the yacht one day, and we ended up shooting a a, a good six-minute scene for a pretty key scene in one episode and then two short uh, scenes for the next two episodes. So he's in half of the uh, the first 60 minutes worth of the show
1: that we've got. So, so this guy's a talented dude, right? He can play ball video games with super down to earth. Listen, he is an
2: actor. This guy showed up and I, okay. So listen, he shows up and I'm like, uh, did you get a chance to go over your lines? And he said, no. I'm like, I emailed him to you. And he's like, Oh, I didn't get it like, all right, well, they changed a little bit anyway, so I'll give them to you now. So listen, I expected nothing. I had no expectations, but I didn't think the dude was going to show up. Listen, listen, bro. Sky might get a Cameo Emmy before he gets the MVP award. They're, they're both coming very soon is my point. Like, what, what can't Tatis do? He showed up and he just nailed it. I gave him the script the morning of. Yeah. So what we did was we shot the other characters' scenes first, so he had time mm-hmm. to like read the lines and go through the scene and play it out, and then we shot him, and he was at that point off book. He memorized his lines. He delivered them exactly how you'd want, like the star player potentially making a business deal to do them, and yeah, came out really yeah. cool. I'm excited to show the baseball
1: world. So when you actually messaged me, you made the comparison to ballers, and then you told me that that these was going to be in it. I got excited, man. Uh, I really did. And I was curious to see, you know, how these is going to do. You know, a lot of the athletes that go on ballers, you know, some of them can definitely act and some of them look like a fish out of water. these has a lot of charisma. So I was just really curious, you know, what we're going to get if we're going to get someone who's going to look good on camera, sound good on camera and or the opposite, right? Someone who's uncomfortable. But sounds like everyone's in for a treat, man. What can't this kid do? Did you happen to get a chance to see Tatis uh, play on that MLB The Show tournament?
2: A little bit, yeah. When he was on the yacht, he asked me if I play Call of Duty, and I offered to spank him in the show.
1: Oh man, you and I are going to have to get down on a couple games before the season's over. But yeah, man, anyway, having Fernando Tatis on the show is awesome. You know, we got to see a little bit of his personality on, come out in that tournament, and really got kind of got to see a different light, so this is going to be... Something that's awesome for Padre fans and just baseball fans in general. This kid's taking everybody by storm, taking the world by storm right now. And he's super charismatic to see him do things outside, you know, extracurricular. But all right, man. This is a Padres podcast based in San Diego, a lot smaller. What can you tell us? Like, what's the premise of the On Deck series? And what can you share with us? And, you know, just give us a, you know, a quick... Not quick elevator pitch.
2: No, no, I've been spoiling the Padre fans for sure because I know we don't have a big national audience right here, so it's just the crowd. Right. So I've been sharing a little bit more than usual. <laughs> um, and what I will say about Tatis is yeah, very relatable, kind, reasonable, down to earth, grounded, humble, loves people, loves God, comes from a good family. He's just he's the man, bro. He's the perfect guy to build a show around. Uh, I consider it a friendship at this point, not a hookup. Yeah, have always been fun to watch. Even in a slump, the dude hits a ball hundred miles an hour every day. Lines out right at somebody. Flies out to the wall. Like that's if that's this dude's slump, we he and us as Padre fans in pretty great. shape. fun. I've been on two other, three other podcasts, and none of them have been actually MLB Trash Talkers is a little Padre oriented. And they've exposed themselves recently. They were playing it cool, like they weren't Padre fans for a while. <laughs> like they were kind of you know neutral, but now we're we're marching full steam ahead.
1: Yeah man, uh the Trash Talkers. I've actually listened to a few of their episodes. They they're good, man. They have an eclectic group of people, um, fans of different teams and um you know, it's funny, they're just uh you know, they have different perspectives, which is which is pretty awesome, right? Los Chingones?
2: Yeah, that, that was the podcast they did Los Chingones. Yeah,
1: yeah shout out Trash Talkers, man. But alright, dude, what can you what can you tell us? What can you give us about this on deck series? Give us as much as you possibly can And how much as much as you're possibly allowed to. But what's the show about, man? What's the premise?
2: Unlike Ballers, which starts where they're already at the highest level, On Deck kind of dives into showing a few of our main characters, Jaden Hill, Maxie, Xavier, uh, at the minor league level. Maxie's balling out. He's about to get called up. The first episode is called September Call-Ups. So that gives you a pretty good idea of where we're at. It's around August 30th. And um, Jaden's struggling. He's in a slump. He's uh, for the most part our protagonist, our main character. He's like Xavier and Maxie, fighting his way up to the big leagues, crying. They've all got sacrifices, family issues. You know, it shows a lot of what these minor leaguers deal with trying to make it. Um, <clears throat> DJ, played by uh, my buddy Alex Galan, is a analytics coach on this team that they're on in the minor league level, and he is kind of a baseball scientist nerd type. You know, an analytics guy that couldn't be on the field if he wanted to, which he does. Um, So he creates this full body sleeve that's actually a performance enhancing product. Mm. And uh, it's kind of like a Marvel thing. It glows red when you activate it and um, brings your uh, your blood flow to full pump, your muscles to full pump. It's a complete cheat, cheat sheet. You swing a bat when you're wearing that, it feels like a wiffle ball bat. And that's actually one of the lines in the show. This product ends up being something that these guys center their journey around, you know, for better or worse, some on the field, some in business, um, and it makes its way onto the commissioner's desk and it becomes part of the conversation with the Astros. And um, it's about as in-depth as I think I can. As you can get into it. I will tell you that everything that happens in the show revolves around what I just told you, those three people, those four people and that product. Like you said earlier, the baseball world is a very small world. You know, it's like the movie crash in the show where it's like, Oh, same. Oh, you know, so, so it's not just a, you know, and it's also very wholesome. Unlike ballers, you know, there's no drugs, there's no titties. Um, This is something that the kids can sit down and watch. You know, there may be a couple swear words, but for the most part, it's, um,
1: it's PG pretty much. It's, it's a PG show. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, not that I think parents are watching very close with their kids are watching these days anyway, but yeah, it's something that you can watch with with the parents and it would be all
1: That's awesome, man. I cannot wait to see it. Can't wait for the world to see it. I think it's going to be a game changer in the way we consume baseball and just baseball content in general. So thanks for sharing that, man. But I think it's pretty safe to assume where you stand on the whole Astros scandal. But just to clarify, like, where do you stand? What do you think it did to the game?
2: Um, I think actually... It was good for the game based on a marketing, like just getting the conversation out there into the world thing. Um, I think it was the most disrespectful thing ever done in sports history. Um, I think their reaction to it is some of the most disrespectful shit I've ever seen in sports history.
1: Yeah, brother. I almost think that the reaction was worse than the act itself, right? How are you going to be so pompous and then putting your energy towards fighting it and try to argue the fact that you cheated? Um, it's just completely misguided. But yeah, it's it's completely disrespectful. And, you know, they're not facing any sort of repercussion. But at least they're going to be facing the repercussion of public opinion. And their day is going to come.
2: The reaction was definitely the worst part of everything. Right. Yeah. If you guys would have done what you did and then came out and offered your rings back, you would have been accepted with open arms. And we would have then said, no, nah, man, fucking keep the ring, bro. But the way they responded inspired a whole episode of a new TV series and for 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 people to be flying drones and trash cans over the field when they're playing. The luckiest humans on Earth in 2020 are the Houston Astros for getting to play in empty stadiums. We have not forgotten. And whether we see you next year with half stadiums, full stadiums, or no stadiums till 2022.
1: Their day of reckoning is definitely going to come. Uh, it's funny, I had tickets to... Angels, the Angels' home opener because it was going to be against the Houston Astros. And I made a sign. I was ready to go, man. Just light these guys up. Uh, but unfortunately, COVID happened, right? And, and like you said, they're some of the luckiest humans on Earth. But the community hasn't forgotten at all. They're gonna, their day's going to come, man. Their day's definitely going to come.
2: Dashcan, over the field with the drone. Uh, this this past Astros-Padres games, are to get a drone that could hold the weight of the smallest trash can we could find just didn't work got close bro like there was a drone with the trash can in downtown it just didn't make it to where we needed it kept going down we just couldn't do it you know how viral that would have gone if i'm being totally honest it may or may not have said at on deck series ig and white out on the trash can
1: (laughs) dude that's awesome talk about guerrilla marketing man uh too bad it didn't work out that sucks Alright man, well thanks so much for the time I'm going to let you go soon but I do want to put you through a five question lightning round so I'm going to ask you a question, just want the first answer that comes to your head, cool? Sure. Okay question number one Ted and Jesse or Don and Mud?
2: Uh, Don and Mud despite me liking and knowing Jesse and growing up with Ted Don and Mud mm-hmm. is the best combo in sports right now.
1: Hell yeah, I 100% agree with that. So, question number 2. The Padres just won the World Series. What is the first thing that you do?
2: Within like 10 seconds of them winning the World Series or like the next day.
1: However you read the question. Uh let's go both.
2: Both? There's no scenario right now where I'm not in one of two places when the Padres clinch the World Series. Somewhere where I can be at the field watching it, whether I sneak in or go in via ticket, or with a group of 30 or more Padre fans that we can all do the whoo, 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 thing where you all jump up and down together and actually celebrate. I've been on one team that clinched... Um, in my playing career and and that's the most fun thing ever is a walk-off home run or celebrating on the field after you win one and everyone gets the jump in sync all 2025 guys holy crap what a moment yeah so somewhere i could experience one of those two things and i would say the next day uh shit i would start finding a good spot for the parade or find a way to like get a jet pack For the parade, I I would find some way to enjoy the parade at the highest level possible. Post the parade. If they try to cancel the real one for COVID this year, I will organize a Padre parade. (laughs) If we win at all.
1: Dude, yeah, that's funny. Um, You know, it's funny, I can actually see the parade happening on the Harbor, you know? Get all the players on boats and just have people watch from, like, the side.
2: I would offer up the yacht that we shot the scene with Tatis. She would do that for marketing purposes, so Cool idea, actually.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. All right, man, moving on. So, you are casting the next Batman and Joker film, but you can only cast MLB players. Who is
2: your Batman? (laughs) Who
1: is your Joker?
2: Oh, that's great. Um, Okay. This one's going to take me a second. It's not going to be quite a lightning round. You're You're asking an amazing question. Um, can they be retired or they have to be active?
1: Um, let's go active. Let's go active.
2: Is this personality or looks or both?
1: However you want to see it, man. I have my two. I just kind of want to know you t- your two and then we'll compare. What
2: an amazing question. This This might be the best question I've ever been asked.
1: I appreciate that. Which MLB player plays Batman and who will be their Joker?
2: thought that just came to mind is that if you'd have asked me who's playing Zoro, I'd tell you Javi Baez.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Javi Baez and Zoro definitely makes sense.
2: Alright, bro. You ready? I got active and retired for both.
1: Interesting. All right.
2: My retired Batman is Kyle Farnsworth. I like it. My retired Joker is the first black Joker ever, Niger Morgan. My current Batman could be one of six different people that came to mind, but I have to just go with Mike Trout because it feels so right. And my current Joker, despite the wrong look, has to, has to be
1: Sergio Romo. Sergio Romo as Joker. That That's good. Um, the dude kind of, he's kind of crazy. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot.
2: Give the beard. Give him the makeup. You won't even know. I think wow. I went off personalities more than anything else, though. What about you? Who do you have for the same question?
1: You know what? When I think about a retired player um, to play Batman, uh, Jeff Francoeur comes to mind, man. He just had the jaw. You know, he just has the look uh, of Batman. You know, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hell yeah, that works. Man, and then when I think about a retired player to play Joker, oh man, um, a lot comes to mind. And I don't know why, but Manny Ramirez, for some reason, is coming to mind. And I know he, you know, he's a likable dude, but I, I could totally see this guy playing Joker. Right? He's okay with playing the bad guy. And, and 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 I like that when he moved to when he went to the Dodger Stadium, people wrote him off in Boston. He just had that monster year, um, took the city by storm. So I think doesn't play a traditional Joker, but I think my guy can definitely do it.
2: Did came to mind as far as just the look for Batman. Dietrich, huh? If he didn't dress like a fuckboy and he was dressed dressing like Batman without the chain or just all the extra <laughs> shit that he tries to do out a. If he was Batman. just, he uh, would work.
1: Yeah, d- I could definitely see that. When I think about a player who could play Batman now, man, I think I gotta, I think I gotta go Bower, man, Trevor Bower, maybe as the Joker. <laughs> really, you don't see Bower as Batman, man? Just someone with a just give no fucks attitude, but then at night goes out and just fights for justice. I don't know, man. I like is Batman, and I like Joe Kelly as Joker.
2: I could literally see those two being the other way around.
1: <laughs> just flip it.
2: Trevor Bower is definitely the Joker.
1: Yeah, I man. I don't know. I like Bower. Um, you know, I think he says a lot of what people are thinking, and he actually just speaks it out loud. He's really vocal. So I don't know, man. I think he's I think he's doing a lot of good. I think eventually he'll head the players' union.
2: Sometimes I think he's his own worst enemy. Um, but a lot of the time I really enjoy what he has to say and I don't disagree with most of it.
1: All right, brother. So last question for you. Why should people be excited about the On Deck series?
2: The intention when I set out to create On Deck was to make the best baseball story, the best baseball TV show ever made, the most authentic, the most true to the game, the most accurately depicting what these players and their families and loved ones go through, what it's like dating a ball player, what it's like being the mother of a ball player, what it's like being a ball player chasing that shit and going 0 for 8 with 5Ks in three days and you're trying to get called up, just all of them. And um, I think we've really got something that's like a, a, a fictional story within a very real and authentically portrayed world. And I think anyone with any baseball in their lives is really, really going to like the show and remember it for a long time.
1: That's a beautiful thing, man. And congratulations. You just got past the lightning round.
2: For you, one more quick story for you. Padre, in 2016, we hosted the All Star Game. And we were talking about what would I do if the Padres won the World Series? Oh, I'd like to be there to see it in person, even if it's in an empty stadium. So if I got to go sneak into Globe Life Park, we might just do it. Last time I snuck into a game, though, <laughs> was, uh, Back-to-back weeks in 2016, and I uh, I wore my Padres windbreaker, and baseball pants, and turfs, and Padre hat, and had my glove, and I just walked right past Adrian Gonzalez and Yasiel Puig in Dodger uniforms and jogged out to the outfield and shagged BP during a Padres batting practice.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's awesome.
2: the things I'd ever done, and I got away with it all the way until they were done, and they came jogging in, and then the security guard was like, I think I know what you just did. <laughs> I think you do, too. <laughs> anyway, you can not arrest me. He's like, just go watch the game. Don't ever do it again.
1: Dude, that's that's pretty good. Um, you know you know what, man? Say what you want about Manfred, but I, the dude's smart. I, I'm pretty sure, man, the reason why they decided to have the World Series at Globe Life Stadium, aside from the fact that it's a newest stadium and it has not held any fans, um, the fact that it's in Texas, dude. I think in Texas you can do 50% capacity. Which eventually, I think, hopefully by October, maybe they go to 100% capacity or even 75%. Um, But once again, I'm pretty sure the reason why Manfred is having the World Series in Texas is because he's going to be able to fill the stadium.
2: And I like that we teed off three Grand Slams and won all three games there. I thought it was a good place for us to go back to.
1: My guy, right? Yeah, it's funny. I think, um, I think whichever national team makes it to the World Series, I'm confident it's going to be the Padres, but regardless, I think all the nationals teams, all the national league teams have an advantage, um, in playing in that stadium because they're playing their entire postseason there. So whichever team makes it, they would have already played at least one, or maybe two series in that stadium before it was over. So I don't know. I think, I think we're, I think, Padre's in a really good spot.
2: No, we're sitting pretty, bro. We're sitting in a nice spot. So a couple of weeks after I did the batting practice thing, I uh, we had the All-Star game come to town. I was like, I, I didn't have money to go to that game, but there was no way the All-Star game and Home Run Derby were coming to San Diego and I'm missing it. I threw on a beige suit, put on some beats and some fancy bougie sunglasses and walked in as if I was one of the players and I made it all the way to the clubhouse. Then I told the clubhouse manager, um, I need a uniform for the Derby. The catcher is going to let me share part of the Derby because I actually bumped into one of my college coaches who was there as a special guest and he knew the Royals catcher because the Royals had been in the World Series the year before. And then we got into a conversation. I told him I'm a catcher in college and he offered me to catch one of the hitters during the Derby. Blew my mind. right? I'm like, in college getting the catch part of the home run Derby? Yes. So I get a uniform on. <clears throat> they don't end up letting anyone other than him catch it for insurance, blah, blah, blah. But we were already on the field at that point. So, I'm standing there next to Donaldson, Trout, Big Poppy. I go up to Poppy, take a picture with him, tell him what I'm doing. He's like, I'm not gonna lie, man, that's the coolest shit I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Dude. Experience. I was on the field and I was Jackie Bradley and Mookie. It was, it was like ninety nine percent of big leaguers don't even get to have this experience. This is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh did I see a video of you signing autographs at the Homer Derby? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't Part of the story, but yeah, on my way out that
2: night, they start yelling, uh, "Altuve, Altuve!" And the the clubhouse guy gave me an Altuve jersey because I was one of the. It's probably just the first one alphabetically on the rack. They have a bunch of extras uh for family and all that stuff. So I'm I'm thinking, Altuve left three hours ago. What are these fools talking about? And then they keep yelling, and it finally dawns on me they're yelling at me. They think I'm holding okay, Altuve. I'm like, I don't want to let the kids down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I stood there for, like, 20 minutes signing autographs. I was supposed to take, like, one bite of chicken just to try
1: it, and I ended up eating the whole bowl. So, wait. W- so, hang on, hang on. Were you signing those autographs as Alduve, or were you signing them as yourself?
2: Oh, man, you knew the right question to ask. No. Um, I signed the first few. I don't even want to tell you what I signed, but <laughs> I signed every major name you can think of. Jesus, George Bush.
1: <laughs> Dude. That's so good. So somewhere in America, a kid has a ball on his desk, thinks it's signed by his favorite player. But in reality, it's Alex Bentley.
2: Hey, one more Padre-related story, since this is a Padre uh, podcast. 2014, when Jerry uh, passed away, we dedicated the song to him. I was working with a lot of musicians at the time. It's called O Doctor uh, by Main Flow and Justin Warner. Um, It's got like seven different instruments on there, some audio bits. I think it's a uh, high baseball IQ song. It's not cheesy or cliche at all. It's a really nice, happy celebration of Jerry's life and what he brought to San Diego. Uh, If you want to, go ahead and roll it for them. Let them hear it.
1: That sounds like a great way to close out the show. But before we do, where do the people find you? Where do the people find the show? When should we expect it to be available to the masses? What's going on? For now,
2: to stay up to date with On Deck, go to Instagram, follow at On Deck Series. Got about 300 followers on there, and it's the poster of the film, and it's got the credits and the bio. You won't miss it. We've also got a website, www.OnDeckSeries.com. For now, we're pitching. NBC, Netflix, Hulu. We don't know where it's going to be yet. It's an exciting time. But, um... If you follow the Instagram page, you'll be able to stay up to date. And if not, just keep flipping the channels. You'll see us. You'll see us soon. You won't miss it. You'll know it when you see it.
1: Alex, thanks again, man. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you had a great time. I know I did. We will do our part. We will make sure that any news that comes out on deck, we'll make sure we let the community know. We'll keep them posted on what you've got going on as well. Um, And once again, man, it was fun. Uh, Go Padres.
2: Yeah, let's win a World Series. Let's go. 2020 through 2023 are going to be a nice time, man.
1: This entire decade is going to be so good, man. But all right, guys. Don't forget, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OMFG. It's Hav. Once again, that is OMFG. It's J-A-V. Don't forget to follow the podcast at The Deep Fire Podcast, where we are interacting with you on a regular basis. To close out the show, here is... The tribute to Mr. Jerry Coleman. Enjoy. Oh, Docker, you can hang a star on that,
0: baby. Well, I'm sure you know that we lost our star We're the greatest man. Jerry Coleman, we're gonna celebrate your life. You brought so much joy to so many people. Let's carry that on. What do you say? Oh, doctor. Oh, doctor. You can hang a star on that, make a statue in your honor. Come on. and once again we've lost one, we've lost one. All praise be, he played C, greatest of all time, baby. Gold wings in the Navy, hanging star on that baby. Second base turned manager, one you can never call lazy. 40 years but of announcing, the way he did it was crazy. Hard for us to just let go, all the moments that echo. A part of Padres' history, like Tony Gwynn and go Stands they spill beer. Scream aloud with the real cheers. Seems like just yesterday. Memories are still here. Oh, doctor, oh doctor, oh doctor. The oh doctor, oh doctor, you can hang a star on that. will make a statue with your honor. All right.